Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Fun day. Yeah, you like that? Huh? I wrote a song for this show. <laughs> we are an anti-slut shaming podcast. Wait. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. We're so Let's tired talk of about yeah. all the good things uh, I didn't think that would make yeah, it's very Let's good. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sets. All right. This is the podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about sets with Harrison Tweed and Jeff McBride. I am your effortlessly neurotic host, editor, producer, and showrunner. And also here is my indispensable co-host and good friend, Harrison Tweed. He quips, often shows up for recordings, and <laughs> makes me look like a dick in comparison. <laughs> Very lovable. <laughs> Our guest today is the effusively funny Brett Druck. Say hi. Hello. That's Brett. And <laughs> the theme today is reinterpretation. So let's get rolling with a bit by TJ Miller called. A family friend of mine's a doctor. He said, whenever you wash your hands, you should sing happy birthday. You guys heard that? It's true. Because that's the amount of time that it takes to hygienically clean your hands. And that's fine. And I do it every single time. Whenever I'm the only person in a public restroom and somebody else walks in, it just looks like I'm having the saddest birthday ever. <laughs> you have Crocs on, sir? Are you swimming and hiking at the same time? Are we going hiking? Okay. What? Swimming also? Hold on a second. Just throw them on. I used to have, I used to have those. I never swing them and hiking them. But if you spill beer on them, it's like no problem. Yeah, exactly. He's like, that's why I do it. <laughs> I'm a bearded alcoholic. <laughs> you should have your own show. The bearded alcoholic. All right. So, Brett, why did you pick that bit? Uh, it's, it's my favorite T.J. Miller joke. Um, it's just like a totally... Uh, takes a it's something that's that is true. That is how long you're supposed to wash your hands for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it it kind of flips uh something kind of this this mean you know this uh monotonous activity into something that is so tragically sad. Uh, <laughs> and it's such an instant flip in perception too. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. you did tip the because the it's, the name of yeah the you bit, tipped the joke a little bit. I yeah I hadn't seen that bit or right. heard that bit and so I didn't know that they named it the punchline. Yeah that's yeah. on the YouTube video. Which is that's bullshit. Their pro- their fault. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually one of my biggest critiques of anyone who reviews or talks about comedy is that they go Here's the funniest part. You yeah. know, the part you're supposed to be surprised about, so right, you laugh. Right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you, did I ever tell you the uh, story about the uh, the horse with the long face and the bartender who asked him uh, why he had a long face? It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I do think that perfectly exemplifies the the theme, which is reinterpretation. And I would say that reinterpretation is one of the absolute bedrocks of stand-up comedy. And you, you had another name for it, though. What was it? Uh, flipping Perception. Flipping Perception. Mm. Good stand-up can, for me, do a few different things. Like... I, even when I'm writing stand-up, I try to think like this. I go, what is beautiful about this ugly thing? 
Mm. What's happy about this sad thing? What's right. sad about this happy thing? Mm-hmm. What's good about this bad thing? Smart versus stupid. Like uh, anything, any way I can show something that's commonly understood to be a certain way and show it to be the opposite yeah. is oftentimes comedy gold. Yeah. And I also, I just think that in general, like flipping perception is from a philosophical standpoint, it's the most beautiful thing about comedy is yeah. because it really does show you, uh, when you, that you mm. can look at everything that you, you think you already know from a new angle. And, uh, when you can do it where it's just like an instant flip, it, it acts as a misdirection too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, it, it teaches you to, I think, think critically and think outside of the box and, and look at things, uh, in a more, you know, it, reanalyze things. And that's, that's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the it, we're not going to play it today, but there is a Lucy K bit, and it's the reason why I started doing standup. It's he has a who's bit about Lucy K. I don't. He's this guy. Lucy K. Lucy K. Lucy K. Lucy K. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh sorry, she's she, a porn she, star. She, she, she. I'm but sorry. she has these like great yeah. like when she's about to come, she like yells out these things. Like, right, right, right. Like and chair they, in the sky. Like yeah. it's very. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> he had that that bit. I guess it, a reinterpretation bit is the reason I started doing standup because he did this bit about about how people always complain on airplanes, but like right. you're sitting in a chair in the, in the sky, you're a Greek myth right now. And I was like, oh. that is why I hate when Francesca Budasan complains about that in class. <laughs> like that, it was like, I re- I was like, cause there was a person I hated and I attached that emotion to that. And it made me, it, it you better hope re- she's not a listener. Oh, I'm, I hope she is. <laughs> yeah, she learns her fucking she's the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and that reinterpretation. Also, uh, the very first, there, I've, I've read so many different how tos on write, writing jokes and stand up. Mm-hmm. I've voraciously consumed lots of different theory on it. But one of the first ones I ever came across because I'd never, I just never thought of how jokes worked was, uh, I think it's like Greg Dean maybe was the guy uh, anyway. And it's uh, first story, second story reinterpretation. So meaning like a standard joke is where you have the first story, which is the setup and everybody believes this is how this story goes. And then the second story is what's revealed to be the case with the punchline. And so it, that punchline causes you to reinterpret what you just heard heard Mm. you're surprised by that reinterpretation that incites the laughter response which is the driest way you could ever describe (laughs) (laughs) but it is it's 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 reinterpretation like all of a sudden you reinterpret what you just heard and then all it it has a a whole other meaning in that it makes people laugh absolutely yeah i mean i would i would describe i always describe uh, a joke as two concepts um that don't normally go together mm-hmm. and uh, the joke is, is the way to connect them. Yep. Um, so it's, I mean, if you're, t- you're not teaching anybody any new information, you're not teaching them a new concept. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've had, it, when you are saying something that's not common knowledge, I find it's very hard to write jokes that involve a concept like that because it's the, oh, the audience so is still processing yeah. something like that. It's like too much. So sometimes you have to just, which is my simpler, which is very sad because like, yeah. it's my, my favorite thing to do. And it gets in my way all the time. I love, I love anything regarding science and technology and like really forward future thinking and stuff like that. And I think there's lots of stuff that's so funny about that and what it's going to do to human society and how we behave toward each other. But I have to introduce enough, a number of concepts. Like it's, it's almost like 
like I've heard the analogy of setting up pins and bowling, and then you have to knock them down and stand up. You have to set up all the pins and then you have, then you have to knock them down as well. But it's almost like when you, when I have that much to convey, I'm like, hang on now, let's look at this pin. All right. Yeah. Well, you're you like, know how this pin works. All you're right. Like, you're like doing that, but for somebody who's never bowled before, they don't even know what bowling is. You have to explain bowling and then set up the pins. It's like too much. And they're like, wait, so it has to stand. It's like, oh, the pins can only stand one direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's every single one of them is going to be like this. Right. <laughs> and then what? Okay. I'm going to hit. All right. Yeah. And they're like, I thought I was going to laugh. No, this is about bowling. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think nobody probably really has fun the first time they play a sport. No. If you think about it. Yeah. Right? Like the first is it's the tutorial. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the anxiety yeah, you that have you to know play it once to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I'm never going to get good because I'm always in tutorial mode uh, <laughs> on stage. Yeah. Well, I think. But the, th- the cool thing about that is that later in your career is you do get to do that because you have the you have the trust of the audience you mm-hmm. have your crowd totally. you're doing hours you're at theaters where there's a patience and right it's not some like they're invested you know, in you yeah quick a, 10 minute set mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so you can they're, they're they're like okay if you're telling me something i'm not gonna be like is this true is yeah. it not true or that i i'm i'm down i trust what you're saying and mm-hmm. so i can just put it in my brain as knowledge and now you can play on that concept what I really love with reinterpretation in particular is how, and you touched on this, that new way of looking at something I'd already perceived or thought I knew, all of a sudden, I look at it this new way forever. Like mm. it's it's in there, a good bit sticks with me for life. Like I remember when I was younger and I was extremely conservative, grew up in Montana, very sheltered. And then I heard George Carlin talking about the first Iraq war. And he was talking about it in a way I'd never heard anybody talk about it. Right. It's like, um, this wasn't, this isn't what you were meant to, this isn't, I don't look at it the way I, we were told to look at it. And then he outlined in a very funny way how he looked at it, uh, rockets and penises and all this, this huge bit. Right. And I just sat there just like stunned because I'd never ever considered looking at it that way. Yeah. And he'd reinterpreted the, the that whole section of American history and I'm laughing the whole way through. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. The unfortunate bane of that uh is that once you establish such a strong flip Mm-hmm. It's hard to enjoy that joke as much the same time. Now you yep. have the knowledge; it's yep. so ingrained in your brain. It's not. But there's funny some anymore. jokes that like they don't. They're good jokes, but they they don't have a flipping perception, and they don't dig that well in your brain. They don't make that bridge between the two ideas mm-hmm. as strongly. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's almost like a it's like a a passage a path through foliage, and the foliage like can grow back, and so you can enjoy the joke a year later. But something that's like a really good joke, the better the joke the the harder it is to like enjoy finding the path again i really love that it's a path through, like almost like you you have a machete and you've you've yeah. cut right through the jungle and everybody's like this is a great path it's yeah. really i love how you cut this path apart um you're yeah. good with a, you're good with a joke machete <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you get to if it long enough goes by then it's but then it's once you back. but then nobody has a use for you as the with the machete guy once the path mm-hmm. is made mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's better to kind of you know cut it 
I don't really know what, I, like in analogy terms, I'm not, so, I don't know how this translates to like what you should do as a comic. Like you shouldn't write jokes that don't stick with people. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to be uh, pro- just, so profound that now they think that way. Right. But you want to make sure that they, you know, go back to thinking in the unenlightened way they originally thought. Right, <laughs> so right, right, right. So that it's funny again later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Got that down. <laughs> Um, I think uh, another thing I like about the um, the the happy birthday uh, thing is that he sh- it shows this he shows something that's purely utilitarian. This is how long it should take you to wash your hands in an effective way, and he shows it. He reinterprets it as an emotional thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> he, this, here's he takes something that's mo- mundane and turns it into something that is, in a way, profound. He is reinterpreted as happy birthday to <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah i love i love that there's no act out on that bit too because you can just yeah. visualize it yeah. you don't even need to yeah. know how it looks sad yeah. <laughs> and he's an act out guy too. yeah absolutely that but just, the joke's just good uh, good enough on its own for any uh, we always try to define our terms too uh just so people who are, uh, may not know an act out is when you act something out <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you, i'm sure yeah. some people were just scratching their heads until you yeah. really laid yeah. it out there for you say that. However, I have actually gotten feedback where people are like, I don't know what you mean when you're talking uh, about an act out. We're so ingrained and we so get what we're talking well, about. I, but I just don't think you added much with your description. No, you I know. Just I, said the words I know. I know. I was, and you I was, added something in between. I, I, I used the you know, cardinal sin of defining a term is using the term to define it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you did a good job, though. That was really good. Yeah. Harrison you, didn't know what an as act a, out was uh, like a second ago. As an actor... I'll say you nailed it. <laughs> it was funny. Someone was like, uh, can you give me acting advice? And this applies to stand-up too. But I was like, yeah, just uh, just when they tell you to say something, say it. <laughs> when they when they want you to be something, pretend to be that thing. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want from me. It's really either easy or hard. And that's how you figure it out. Uh, so never come to you for advice is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> With perceptual flipping or reinterpretation, I think it can come from a lot of different angles as well. It's not necessarily just well, one of the things we, what we were talking about is judgment, right? Good or bad, beautiful, be- uh, happy or sad, right? Sure. Mundane or profound. I think another way of, of reinterpreting something is then to just take it from the angle of someone else. Like, uh, oh, that, uh, that, that fat guy broke that chair. Ha ha ha. Real funny. Not so funny if you're a chair and then all of a sudden right. you're looking at it from the perspective of a chair, right? right. I'm Which not is... saying, by the way, not, that's not a joke I have. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> shitty example. I'm aware of it. Let's move on. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I think the only thing that you're missing in that example to make it a, a good example is, mm-hmm. is that we can't have the perspective of a chair. Right. We, we can't imagine that. But if there was another person that you wouldn't think uh, to, to think of their perception. And then you bring somebody's perception involved in some kind of, you know, uh, accident or something that then it's, it's like a beautiful flip. Yes. Mm-hmm. Although I would, I would argue that I've actually heard a number of bits where you can't have the perception of it. And all of a sudden somebody is personifying, you know, uh, oh, a, sure. a dog or they're well, personifying yeah. an inanimate object. And then they're trying to give that 
endowing that sure. object with um, what the perception would be if a human well, were in that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, personification. All, all creative writing is, is a big part of stand-up. So personification is certainly a, a way to do that. But it's e- much easier to do that with like a dog than it yeah. is to do with like, <laughs> a chair. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying you don't think that inanimate objects have feelings? Um, don't um, you know that we're all one? Can I go now, or is it done? <laughs> Podcast done. Uh, I wow. used to actually bad I used, vibes coming from Brett. <laughs> I used to be afraid of Chucky so much that I would like Chucky the the evil doll. Yeah. Okay. That I would like to say I would like be nice to my stuffed animals just in case they came alive. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's nor- you guys. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I would be like, hey, did, sorry you fell. But now, oh, no. obviously, you, you turned 34 and you were yeah, like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man. Any other angles on reinterpretation or thoughts you had on it? It's uh, an important element. I think it's it's almost always an element that's included in some angle of like my favorite jokes, but it's not in every part of stand-up. It's just mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts. Right. Why is it your favorite part? Like I said, it acts as um, not just a misdirection in... in um, a misdirection being, you know, thinking a, jo- uh, a, a statement or is, is going one way and then being surprised mm-hmm. uh, with a with a twist. It's not just a twist uh, for like one concept in there. It's a it's usually a twist in the entire thesis of everything that's been been said. Mm-hmm. And the more mm-hmm. encompassing it can be, and the more of a juxtaposition between the original idea and the new idea, um, I think the better the joke. Yeah. Uh, but but also I, I believe that. Most times, you know, uh, in life, you you can look at things from so many different angles, and people are very quick to to pass judgment, and that means that they're not taking the time to be critical of of another perspective, and they're just taking what they their their initial instincts are. So I think it's like an overall philosophy it speaks to that I, I kind of uh, take on myself. Right, life's like a like a a room with an infinite number of windows that each one its own perspective and um what's great about uh, <laughs> what's great about stand up is that is that because people are laughing they're willing to look into one look in through one of those other windows or out of the room through that window to make the metaphor work yeah, you're like a tour guide showing them different windows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're like, did you know this window was in this room? And then they're like, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> they're very easy, easily entertained. So wait, how would this work? So if they're looking into a window <laughs> yeah, and they don't usually want to look into that window because they've been told like a kid is getting like molested or something in that window, but then they look in the window... Because they were laughing anyway, and they're like, "Oh, those kids is a tickle party." Right, right, right. <laughs> that's like when you laugh against your beliefs. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not. That's and then not you look another window, and, just... and the kid is molesting the guy. Yeah. You know. Well, they're just making. And then you don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. It's a very consensual situation. Uh, oh, Whoa. comedy one hundred and one. Yeah. Child rape. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, um, God. So, yeah, so I love that about it. You sorry, know, that Jeff. You just make child rape work. <laughs> sorry, Jeff's family. <laughs> Cliches are a great, like, that's fodder mm. for fantastic reinterpretation. Yeah. Sure. I love when I hear a cliche uh, that everybody takes to mean one thing turned on its head. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's actually one of my favorite jokes of 
of the mindset is uh, about Mikasa Sukasa, mm-hmm. which is of course means uh, my house is your house. Uh-huh. And I just I say, well, you know, Mexicans are better at sharing than Americans. I went to a Mexican for tra- Mexican friend's house. He's like Mikasa Sukasa. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, it means my house is your house. So I'm like, get out of my house. It's a flip that, of on right. a cliche, and right. I, I, I love that. That's super fun. That's why it's one of my favorites. Yeah, you 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 flip or reinterpret this yeah. thing that everybody holds to mean one thing. I, I love that. Uh-huh. I've, I've been playing with the idea of that, with that with that phrase, "Give me liberty or give me death." And I just kind of want to just be like, I want to be like, yeah, how about death? Let's see. You really you really want it? <laughs> we can do that. Okay, I can right. kill I mean, you if, if you're really gonna be that black and white about it i mean uh there are other options truly like you could have just like slightly less liberty and then live yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay all right so the only options are i i need to be free to do whatever i want or unable to do anything at all okay that's yeah. it. <laughs> Done. it's much cheaper for us to give you death actually whoever yeah. coined that phrase is like great at would you rather <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have liberty or death <sighs> No other options, huh? Those are the only <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. So let's talk about Brett. Uh, Brett. I'll may- take it from here. Brett's. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect for the next thing. I was going to say, Brett, you make me laugh. Uh, and, Thanks, man. And when mm. I, I want to just relay to the listeners what it was like asking you to be on this podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm excited <laughs> for this. <laughs> when I asked Brett to do the show, he responded over text with the following. Can you send me an infographic of your listenership and social media engagement so I can decide if it's a worthwhile investment? <laughs> and I had a moment where I was just flabbergasted <laughs> and i was like have i misjudged this person completely wait i really want him on the show can i compile that data does it have to be in a graphic like is this what people do i don't know and it was only like a minute and then you let me off the hook with like just kidding <laughs> and then and then you were and then the next thing you said the line was perfect you said um, and I'm, I'm like laughing out loud alone, staring at your text. And next line you say is like, social media has made everybody into garbage, fake people. I love that it was believable for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> so then I sat there and went, well, fuck that. I'm going to make a goddamn infographic. <laughs> so I went and made an infographic of my media, social media saturation. And it was almost all MySpace and then a sliver of Friendster. <laughs> Did you really make one? Yes, and I sent it to you. Did you? I made it and sent it to you. Oh, not worth it. I didn't I, see it. <laughs> I totally sent it. And then you said to me, see, this is this was an important conversation to me. And I'm the only one for whom it was an important conversation <laughs> <laughs> and then he, you responded back with you. You said, "I'm really surprised we didn't know each other better. I believe we're the top two influencers on Friendster." <laughs> oh man, I see. I love it when somebody tells me something I said that I don't remember because it's genuinely funny to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're if like, I remembered oh, it, it's like a new joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice quip. But I get credit for it. Yeah. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It's, the jungle grew back real fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Brett Druck is a stand-up comic and a cast member on Laps TV show seasons two and three. He has been on America's Got Talent. He's on Hulu, Pandora's Comedy Radio, and he's been mentioned in Rolling Stone. He frequently appears on the front page of Reddit and has his he's had his jokes shared millions of times online. No kidding. He's a nationally touring comedian and he's been in all kinds of comedy festivals. I won't go through all of them, but he's also recently appeared on NBC's CISO's Shtick or Treat, their Halloween stand-up special as part of their first annual stand-up streaming fest. Brett, thank you for doing the show. Who did you play on Shtick or Treat? I was um, Oates of Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Anthony Capper was, was Garfunkel. Or maybe it was We reversed. should probably explain. If we're going to talk about it, we should explain oh, what it is. excuse me. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. Shtick or Treat is a show. I think it takes place at the Knitting Factory in Williamsburg. That's where we taped it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, the, I think the last few years have been there. And it's where comics go up and perform as famous comics. Like, uh, yeah. from the past or contemporary yeah and then there's often a shtick to it like uh uh elon altman just did snitch hedberg so he did like a bunch of mitch hedbergs like but as like a guy who's like working as a snitch (laughs) 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 just like it was great that's really funny (laughs) that's great uh well hey man thanks for for being on the show oh my, my pleasure thanks for having me yeah so as it starts now, um, yeah. So we're gonna start <laughs> recording. Great. Um, uh, it's um, we check the levels. You know, you know what's you know what's really funny about that statement. Um, you made me really nervous that we weren't. I had to go look <laughs> at the program to make sure that we were. <laughs> the moment you said that, I was like, <gasps> oh, God. that was one of the worst. Days uh, of so we should definitely start over. Um, okay, great. <laughs> uh, so I, I always have a, just a few questions, uh, and then we're gonna um, get off the boring topic of you. So. Uh, <laughs> why stand up? What, what, what drew you to it in the first place? Uh, stand up for me, I was, I was acting and, uh, I took a class that was offered actually like at my, my college, um, in communication. It was like an elective you could mm-hmm. take. And, uh, I just really enjoyed, um, the control that I had mm-hmm. over not just the performance, but the actual word choice. Um, and, uh, you know, everything, just being able to write yeah. it and perform it. And, uh, I kind of fell in love with it. And then, and then I also, I get very bored with things. Um, and because stand up is kind of this unquenchable constantly, it takes so long to get good at and it. You can, you can always keep getting better. And it, it's just like, it, it's such a, a long process. I think I, I just, I felt like with anything else, I would have gotten bored. And this is something I'll never get bored with. Mm-hmm. 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 So, There's always like a problem to solve. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's like an, it, even if I were just to be like come some master standup, there's still each joke is an individual puzzle to solve. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I've heard that uh, a lot of people have lots of different theories on what happen, what constitutes happiness. And one of my favorites that I've read is that it's not the elimination of your problems. It's finding the set of problems that you love to solve again and again mm, and again. Mm. And I, I can, so I can totally yeah, relate to that. I love, that. I love solving the problem of stand up. Yeah. Uh, over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I mean, there's the, the, um, the failure is always painful. And that, so the reward is always great. <laughs> like, even when you're great, even when you're comfortable bombing, mm-hmm. uh, still hurts a little. Oh, you know, yeah. still hurts. It's still, it's never feels good to have a room full of people think this person is not funny. Mm-hmm. This person is doing something that they're bad at. And that is so refreshing when you have, uh, you, you get, you know, when you're, when you're working towards it, you're getting a joke working. Um, 
it's the yeah the the relief is always there. And the irony too is is that the standups who it seems to me, and I don't really know, but the standups who are the best at standup are the ones who for whom they do not need the external validation anymore. Really, they 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 act it or they're able to let go of that need when they get on stage. Um, yet the irony is that's when they finally get all the external validation they could ever want <laughs> right, 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 right. more than they want even. Yeah. I don't want, I think if I got to that point though, where I have all, I don't need the external validation at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that I don't, I don't need it, but that if it completely didn't matter to me, then I wouldn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's good to be on the the line of almost like just caring enough. Well, that's, that's but you, yeah, but, but, uh, once you don't care, then there's no point to doing it. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's another piece of that sort of same philosophy of solving that pro- solving the problems you love is there, is it, um, and they've done a lot, there's a lot of science behind this in particular, but, uh, you, people are most quote unquote, satisfied or happy with what they're doing. If it's just challenging enough that you're not sure you can do it, but not so easy that it's effortless, Mm -hmm. like a good video game. It has to be at just the right level. Otherwise it feels impossible and infuriating and you don't want to do it and you rage quit. Right. Right. Or if it's so easy, you're just like, I don't even want to play this game. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a sweet spot that I think stand up it moves with you. Yeah, yeah. That, that sweet spot keeps, keeps following. It seems like, and that's why people can do it into their eighties and nineties. Yeah. Right. I just realized how hard it is to please a human. <laughs> 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 that, is like, a- that has to be just enough. No, I don't want to make it easy. <laughs> make it hard. Not too hard. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> that's so funny. It's also funny when you're, cause it's like the only thing where, like, uh, who's a good, who's a musician? Um, it's like, it's like the Foo Fighters. They're going to, they're going to perform, um, what a best of you in any place. And sure. if they're there to see the Foo Fighters or they're there to see rock and roll music, they're going to get a good response every time or a no response and just clap, clapped her or clap. No, just clapping. Um, but <laughs> Comedy is the only thing where your laughs like, come out. You can. It doesn't matter how brilliant people tell you your bit is. There's going to be one night where people are going to stare at that bit, like, "What the fuck was that shit?" Oh yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like no, it got it got an ovation. Yeah, and then it didn't get an ovation. The next somebody killed really hard, and then it killed hard again. Yeah, yeah. and, and then you, you want to be like, "You guys are all stupid," <laughs> but right. then you have to be like, "No, no you're right. No. I should work on this. I should work on this. <laughs> you're right. I should work on this." <laughs> yeah, it's not right. It's just it's you're the only example of this not working. But you have to satisfy them. Also, when it doesn't when it doesn't work, um, it 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 it. it it's a chink in the armor of our identity. Like, because be we get into, <laughs> I can't help it. You know, what I look like. you it's, know what I look like. It's a kike in the armor. Okay. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> Just a Jap in my shield. Um, so the, the Jewish American. We, 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 
uh, are you done? <laughs> I am um, tired of jokes. Can I make a serious point? I'm very sorry. I'm sorry, Justin. No sir. fun in comedy. All right. Uh, if I wanted this podcast to be funny. All right. All right. Uh, so it, it, because it hits our identity, we get into this. Most of us, I think, get into this because we know we're funny. Right. And then when we have a bunch of people who are with their silence saying, you're not funny, uh-huh. then we're just like. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, well, that's the. Well, can I just say that yeah, that's yeah. that's the wrong mindset. The mindset, of course. and it'll it'll change. The mindset becomes, oh, you don't realize I'm funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I'll, I'll I gotta figure. I will figure out how to show you. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I haven't communicated it appropriately. Yeah. Right. Right. And and um. Uh, that's why it's really good for comedians who haven't been doing it as long to talk to pe- comedians who've been doing it for longer. Cause then mm, they can yeah. say things like that. It's yeah, really yeah. helpful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> and it's really good for a comedians who have been doing it longer to just say things and be bored with what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have a time where either a contemporary or somebody a little further along than you in this said something that made a huge difference for you, like a mentor tip or something that just made you reinterpret it, what you're doing? I was maybe four or five years in. I was going through the audition process for America's Got Talent, Mm -hmm. and I was obviously the least experienced comic there because everybody else was a headliner. And two two of them were talking, and they were talking about like getting work and getting booked back, and they said, you have to just care enough to get booked back. And that was like the emotional place. You had what to did be that at. mean to you? What, did, what did at the that... time it meant nothing. Uh-huh. And then once I started to get comfortable on stage, and uh, I started to have sets where I was like, "Oh, these people are like, we're we're one. That we're a group mind, you know." And I'm 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 conducting this orchestra. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I started to be like, "Oh, now because I do I do care enough to keep going, mm-hmm. but I don't really care." Yeah. Like I care, I care just enough to make this a great performance. You have a professional detachment. Yes, that's right? cool. You're committed to doing what you're doing, but you're not attached emotionally to the outcome. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was there something that made you realize that that was a really good thing that you heard? I think it was just like a natural progression of like understanding what I was lacking that other comics had. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I would be like, "Oh, but I guess I need funnier jokes," and it was like. N- doing the same jokes, but getting more comfortable and seeing the different response that I got mm-hmm. um, and, and caring less and doing shows and getting enough stage time that I felt comfortable, not caring mm-hmm. a little bit. Then that, then I started to go, Oh, I, I see what it is. And so now I can work towards getting myself to that emotional place, mm-hmm. you know, doing what I need to do. And I, Basically, it, I drink now before I go. Got it. Got okay. it. I was, I was <laughs> reading between the lines. And I was like, <laughs> it sounds like substance abuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, there, then the thing you said about enough stage time that really is something I've noticed for myself is uh, that caring can be a feeling that each, that this time matters so much because I'm not doing it enough. Yeah. And when I'm getting up, everybody has a different threshold, but when I'm getting up at least 15 times a week, it goes away. It doesn't feel precious. It feels fine. I, if, if it doesn't go well, uh, well, I have two more tonight. So yeah. whatever, I got to I gotta move on. I don't have right. time to dwell or worry about this. I got shit to do. Yeah. Then you got to be careful to not fall into the trap of the comics who get so used to that that they, they blow opportunities because they're so casual. 
Mm-hmm. They're like, I, oh, it doesn't. This, none of these sets matter. But then, let me know, ask you this: they make a bad impression on people. Based on your experience with me with this podcast, do you think there's any chance of me getting to the point? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> there's more for, for Harris. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I just actually I was listening to. Um, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you, it's fine. Okay, there we go. Yeah. No, what? What, Harrison? He was, I was listening to uh, this, and it really resonated because I was like, oh, I'm in the earlier stages of this um, for sure. It was uh, Dane Cook getting interviewed, and he was talking about like when he gets off stage now, like as soon as he his foot hits the floor, he's like completely just like, at ease there's absolutely he's not excited about the set he would but he just like kind of looks at it like it happened like two weeks ago like a good memory and was like Mm. that was good that was a good that was Mm -hmm. a good time yeah but that when he was like first got off stage it was just like it's like oh man i fucking wrecked that room like i'm so excited but then now he just like kind of has this detachment which sounds like you i mean and you know dan cook's probably 20 30 years in the stand-up right and how far how long have you been doing it i'm about nine or ten nine or ten yeah and you and how long have you had that detachment that professional well i don't have it all the time you know it's it's constantly getting myself to that place but i would say uh last like two or three years i start to experience it more more consistently cool um but i have had especially when i was um in my my like pocket of just getting a lot of stage time and constantly working on social media. Yeah. Um, I, I would actually find myself getting really, um, not really horny. frustrated, but I would get frustrated mm-hmm. with hot crowds. I get. <laughs> I get horny with hot, with hot crowds, but different type of hot crowd. Uh, no, if the crowd was so hot that they would laugh at everything, I couldn't try out new stuff. Mm. And, I don't like those crowds. and, uh, I couldn't even enjoy the high of killing. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, that that I feel like was is like a similar detachment. It's a really funny thing. Can you guys maybe laugh a little less so I can do my work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Was, I did a show where like I basically opened for like an improv troupe or like a couple of them, mm-hmm. and I was the stand up. And I don't know uh, for the listeners. Uh, if your friend has an improv troupe, you are going to be the audience for sure. <laughs> um, and that is what I noticed is that everyone was so supportive as an audience for the show that I couldn't get good reads on the jokes and the way they were laughing was so heightened, so supportive that it didn't last in a natural way. You know, like, like I was like, here's the punchline. And they'd be like, here, I'm going to try to like, ha 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 ha. And I was like, all right, well that's not a, that doesn't make me feel good about myself. Treating it like a scene. It felt like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. I was going to say, they would punchline. Yes. And four fifty a class. Pitt or UCB. Instead of saying like, that's my time. You just do a, like an edit. You just like walk across the mic stand. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, is that when you tag someone out? No, it's like when you walk, across the stage that means the scene is over yeah somebody just walks in front oh, of everybody yeah. else in that which is a very interesting convention yeah i'm <laughs> saying it like that I mean, it does make it look sound like you're interrupting in a movie <laughs> just, just do that in life yeah it's like, i think i'm done with this conversation they just walk right in front of them <laughs> well actually you do it for somebody else you go i think you're done with this yes, conversation i know i know, I know. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. you just end other people's yeah. conversations by walking in between the two people <laughs> that's how i network so real quick if you ever do an improv show like that again do crowd work it blows their minds Oh really? Yeah, because you're doing you're doing what yeah. they do, but you're breaking the fourth wall, which they can never do. 
and they oh, I have a bit about that. You probably heard that bit. No, I haven't. Like when we bomb, we get to tell the audience that we know that's happening, and so it like breaks this tension. But they have to continue to pretend to build a canoe. I should bring that back. That's great. Yeah, it takes it takes some inside knowledge. That's great advice. That's awesome. Sorry about that. Yeah, it was funny, Harrison. Jeff, Fuck I'm you. sorry. Fuck I didn't you. Just... For, uh, again, I don't know how many times I have to say this. This is not a funny podcast. Splice these, <laughs> you, these you should together. have a little stick that says too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the listener, I actually have chopsticks that are uh, scotch taped onto printed out pieces. Of Do they not know this? No, no, no. I, I, this is not something I publicized where I literally just, I hold up a sign that's oh, just like. Uh, Do you guys have an Instagram account? Uh, he does it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I You've got to put those on there <laughs> okay well, I'll take it yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff's right. I want more inside baseball related photos yeah. <laughs> yeah. like more of us like hanging out all right so uh oh hold on a second hold on a second time guys time yeah. 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 i am holding up my sign that i made out of chopsticks it took you more time to find that sign than it did <laughs> it's taking on. even more time for me to shut down how you're talking about the time it took me to put this time sign up i'm gonna end it here <laughs> What happened with you with social media? Because I, I, I think like you have sort of a different trajectory as a result. Sure. Yeah, I was uh, I was in a state of like uh, doing mics and occasional shows, and some people knew I was funny, but uh, I was really frustrated. I've been doing stand up for a while. Most of my friends in life uh, who I'd graduated with were like getting houses and married and mm. like things that I wanted to do eventually, and I was like, I can't. I'm working a grocery store, and I can't afford to buy new pants. So I'm sewing them like holes in my <laughs> pants clothes and I have nothing to show for stand up. So I stopped doing open mics and I started spending all of my time. I st- also stopped dating. I stopped watching movies. I stopped playing video games. Um, I would just only see my family, go to work, do shows and then do social media mm-hmm. in some aspect, whether it was studying like articles written on how to be better at Twitter or like how to engage and stuff like that. I would submit stuff to Reddit and I had like a whole system. And that was like when I was on break for a half hour that would sit in my car and I would do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was like my entire life. And I did that for like two years until it, uh, got me kind of out of, uh, my day job, um, and starting to get paid gigs. Uh, it started, I got to work on my day job less and, mm-hmm. uh, started getting paid gigs and that allowed me to spend more time getting more paid gigs. That is so. That's 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 fascinating to me, and I do want to back it up a little bit, just because um, I, I just I'd somebody had told me that you were really funny on social media, and so I just went started. I just looked, and I don't. I specifically avoid social media because to me, it's a it's a time suck. I don't want to engage. I don't want to consume things on it. It's um, a tool, and you should treat it as that as right, a comic. Right, right. I, I treat it like a tool, just like I treat Harrison. So like <laughs> I <laughs> so so I I and I I sat there. <laughs> That was like so harsh. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm retarded. <laughs> I'm not, but, tools. but I wink at people when I say that. And, uh, yeah. and then they and then they have sex with me. <laughs> <laughs> like you just fucked a disabled boy. <laughs> All right. So I went back through I went back through your like I don't Facebook stalk anyone. And I went back through your Facebook post and was laughing hysterically. And then I started looking at your Twitter stuff and i was like this is how you do it this is fucking funny yeah and i'm surprised because usually i'm just like i see what you did there nice pun right that's usually how i feel about it well i I, one of the things i did is i treated social media like you would treat a set so 
if you're doing a set, you uh, try out stuff and then you cut what isn't funny and you bring it back. So I took the advantage of uh, took advantage of the fact that two years before I'd started doing this, nobody was favoriting my stuff and mm-hmm. nobody knew who I was. So, but I had I was still a funny person. I had had funny ideas, mm-hmm. but now I'm three, four years removed from these tweets. I went through all of my tweets and I was like, this one's funny. This one's funny. This one's funny. And now it's like I had just written for myself. So mm-hmm. I was able to like edit. And, and so I like scheduled all of my tweets out uh, of the stuff that I thought was like I knew was funny because I'm I'm I haven't just written it. I can see it from a different perspective. Um, and uh, and I did that with my Facebook posts. And so I like scheduled the posts out. So now I'm only posting once a day stuff that's been kind of uh, refined. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm stu- and then I'm sprinkling in new funny ideas and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, and then once the, you know, I like, I ran out of the old posts and then I, then I was just writing new stuff, but that kind of like helped, you know, uh, pillow my, my little like online heat window. Oh, that's so great. Uh, pillow your online heat window. That's it. I've yeah. just heard that analogy so many times. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's kind of trite. I, yeah. I got to come up with my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really, I was really impressed with it. I just wanted to say like, that's if, um, and I'm going to, I'll mention it again at the end. Just, uh, it's, it's, it's worth it's it's worth it for people to go and look at at, at your work. And Thank you have, you. A, you have a body it. of work on on social media. I can't believe I'm saying that to somebody. That's actually what I'm planning on selling as merch uh, for the <laughs> store. No, I am. I'm, I'm gonna like. I have all these posts that like aren't jokes and stuff like that, and I'm like they're funny, but I have nothing to do with them, and I don't know what to sell for merch because I don't have an album. Yeah. So I'm probably just gonna print those all off. So you guys can get them for free if you if you go now. Oh, that- <laughs> and I, I just want to clarify when I say heat because I know we're we're telling that when I say uh, what was the expression I used? Uh, it had something to do with a pillow, pillow and a my window on, my, and like heat. Yeah. So uh-huh. f- for like two years, I really worked on this stuff. That's the window. Uh-huh. The heat is just like being popular and mm-hmm. people like noticing, oh, he's funny and getting mm-hmm. lots of likes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then pillow being like a way to like buffer and fill in yeah. uh, is what, what I I meant. thought you meant for a way for people to fall asleep uh, comfortably <laughs> uh, in relation so to I'm glad I, work. I clarified. <laughs> and do so sweating because it's so hot. <laughs> we have all these great guests on and they all have their awesome ideas. They all have this, their, their way of looking at comedy and life and they share their secrets. They share their theories. They share their tips. And I actually take notes. I I listen to these things multiple times because I'm editing them. And my idea is that I, why, why not crowdsource this? So here's my idea. What if you took a moment right now to go to our Facebook page and in the discussion section, take that moment to write down what you got out of this episode, something that lit you up that you were like, oh shit, I never thought about that. Or, oh, that improved my writing this way. Or, oh, I think I'm going to be a better performer. Or I just really, really loved this thing and other people should check it out because of this reason. What if you did that? Because I'm of the opinion that if we spend some time working to help make each other funnier, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of listening to shitty comedy. I listen to it all the time. And if you do that, I promise you, you'll be glad because Harrison will give you a hand job. If you're a girl, he'll give you a hand job. Either way, either way you'll get a hand job. So go for it. Facebook.com forward slash let's talk about sets. And you can also find the link in the show notes. Come on. Let's talk about sets. All right. So let's take a minute to play 
a clip by Brett Druck. What's the name of this clip? Superheroes. Superheroes. Sure. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> and it was, I think this is back in 2016, right? Yes. Appreciate it. I love them. I like superhero movies. They're just great because they make them like every week now. It's perfect. <laughs> My only issue with them is that they always try to make the superheroes real. You can't really do that. Like, they're like, what if Batman was real? You can't do that with Batman. If Batman was real, he would almost be awesome. But at the end of the day, Bruce Wayne is a weird dude. Like, imagine Bruce Wayne was your good friend, right? And he got you all together tonight. He's like, hey, guys, you're not going to see me anymore. I've decided to commit the rest of my life to tearing down the corrupt justice system that created my parents' killer. That's right, mind, body, soul, every waking moment. So we spend training myself to become a one-man wrecking army. I'm going to become a symbol for change. I'm going to stand up for justice. You guys be like, wow, Bruce, that's amazing. Until he was like, also, I'm a bat. <laughs> He's like, what did you just say? He's like, yeah, I'm a bat the whole time. I look like a bat. I have weapons that are bats. And my car is a bat. He's <laughs> like, no, Bruce, you're being weird. Just, just do the first part. He's like, no, everything's a bat or I'm not doing it. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic! I love, I love that joke. That's Thanks. So, I, yeah, it's one of my favorites. It is. Uh, so I'm, I'm so curious. First of all, like, what made you see? Actually, rewind. That is a perfect reinterpretation. We have this whole sure. thing. We've always ex- accepted that Batman has to be a bat. I mean, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah, I think it just always bothered me. Even from when I was a kid, it, in the back of my mind, it bothered me. Like, why a bat? It's like not a sweet. Like if, as a kid, I would, want, I would want it to be like a sweet animal, like a lion or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can understand. Mm-hmm. But like a bat, it's not really that scary of an animal. Yeah. It's like you could just pick anything. Yeah. yeah. It's like a rat like, with wings that no one ever sees. Yeah, exactly. Often. And it's like, it's not that. So yeah. it can't I just see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was actually uh, on mushrooms f- uh, for my cluster headaches. And, uh, and that's, that's when I was like, uh, I wrote that, that whole bit. And it's like one of the only bits I've ever written on mushrooms that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it started as just a dialogue. I was just thinking how funny it is for, for Batman to explain everything yes. to his yeah. friends. Yes. It's, it's, it's so much better to, to put it in his words. And the pairing. Of like the two, it's like yes. this very noble yes. warrior. Yes, yes. <laughs> but right. it's got to be a bat. And that that had to, did that take a little time to get just the right amount of buildup of wrecking army of justice and change. Like get just the right amount before you say that short punchline. <laughs> so For me, I had never done. Most of my jokes are pretty short, so I had never done a joke with that much setup without a laugh. Mm-hmm. And so it was very hard for me to get comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Even still, I am more comfortable with uh, like the joke gets better with a better crowd, a crowd that's into mm-hmm. me because then I get really crazy in his act out mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm like him explaining the bat stuff more. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it, t- it mostly just took me, uh, but I had it all written out. It was, it was actually a Facebook post. I had written it in dialogue form and then I, and then I edited it to make it so I could, I could just do that on oh, stage. I love that it was a Facebook post first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you, you kept, you edited it down. Also, you're, you're, I think you, you do a really great thing. Another sort of uh, contrast is so important in, in, in up, and, and it's serious, serious, serious. I'm a bat. Like, <laughs> right. That, that voice <laughs> yeah. makes, you have a double surprise going on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Although, is it, is it a surprise per se? Because it's, I almost feel like it's one of those, well, you turned him into a six-year-old. 
Yes. Which is the ah, surprise. Yeah. Because it's like this pairing of like a, a guy that might run for office <laughs> with like a child at Halloween. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's both. Yeah. It's so but it's, funny. it's not a surprise because really, it's like you already knew yes. that information. Yes. That's yes. what's the best thing about the joke. And that's why I'll probably write a joke that good yeah. is because it's something that's in our brains. And I... I didn't leave out anything, and you just assumed mm-hmm. I was explaining Batman. Yeah, but you right. didn't realize that I left out Bat, and so I've I've almost surprised you with something that was in plain sight. Right. Um, and yeah. so so that that's why that joke works so well. Right. And any time that you can cause us to again reinterpret something we know to be true, we know it's this way. Right. We only see it like this. Of course, Batman is a bat. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yet, and then you cause you, you you that that flash of reinterpretation, especially if it's immediate like that. I'm a bat. It's so fast. Yeah. Right. That flash of reinterpretation is just, it's such a great surprise when you get new meaning mm. that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And because I, all my jokes are so short into them, there's kind of this building tension of, of me not getting the laugh too. Yeah. And then the quick turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a tag that didn't work. It was too dark where I would say that like the, the uh, real version of like why Bruce's parents were, were like killed is like they left the theater because he just wouldn't stop talking about bats. It's like, <laughs> uh, uh, like talking about bat facts. And then like eventually the guy comes out with a gun. He's like, give me your pearls. And they're like, just shoot us. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I'm really sad you couldn't make that work. It's yeah, so funny. People, people get, you know, I think they would, I think bring it back. Yeah, maybe I'll try it. I have, it's been a while. No, that's yeah. really funny. Yeah, that's super funny. We have a similar bit. I have a Captain America bit that's like a. Oh yeah. Similar, it's not the. It's it's. I only say it's similar because I like breaking down comic book heroes because oh, yeah, so they're funny. idolized by all these these people, and yeah. I really like being like, oh no, actually, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's that. Um, and I don't sell it this way in the setup, this part, which is that I think the first time I heard cap of captain America, I heard it's like, it's cool. He like punches Hitler in the face. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I'm Jewish. And then I was like, wait, are you like implying that? It, so the bit is like, I didn't realize till I watched the movie that he like stopped the Holocaust. Like that's his thing. Right. That he's like, right. right, right. But you, you couldn't do that with like any other atrocity. And then it's, uh, <laughs> it's that. And it's like, if you're in a movie theater and you're just watching a trailer, and it was uh it was like coming this fall, you've seen him fight grime in Queens, but this summer Spider Man and slavery. <laughs> and then it's like this big act out with Robert E. Lee and his like plantations are getting webbed. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do the voice. Like, God damn it, I tell you what, that Spider Man is at it again. <laughs> it's stupid. But I just like I feel like they're so revered and they're put on these yeah. like Well, you're reinterpreting nobility as absurd. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what's going on it's a it's a full reinterpretation of here is a story of heroism and now you're going yeah this is kind (laughs) of crazy yeah uh if you if this was an actual hero in real life everyone would be like yeah but he's super psycho he dresses like an animal like he's a he's a a, a batman is essentially a furry (laughs) (laughs) more of like a leathery Um, I don't want to snuggle I just I get really turned on if I hang upside down with people Um, do you ever feel like because of that reverence hesitation from an audience because they don't like that you're you're taking down a hero oh in the Captain America bit yeah um 
No, I think it's no. only done well. I've never because I think I think uh, six million Jews trumps whatever love you have of Captain right, America. Right, right, right. Like they get what point I'm making. Sure. Right? Yeah. I have one more uh, superhero takedown joke, which yeah, is, yeah. but people do tense up at this. I say, you know, a fun way to look at Daredevil is that he's just a regular blind guy and his friends are lying to him so he can live out his fantasy. Like, he's, he thinks he's fighting crime, but he's just knocking stuff over their apartment. Uh, and, like, I wish that's how the show would end. Uh, but people, because, even though he's, like, a fictional blind person, yeah. uh, people, really people will funny. tense up yeah. with that joke sometimes. Yeah. Oh, because of the blind? Yeah. Part? Well, you are. I still do it. You are punching down at a non-existent person. So I mean, yeah, you're that's not, not really fair to him. Into... His life that doesn't exist. Yeah, and his feelings he doesn't have. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But in real life, if Daredevil were real, he could taste better than I can see. So yeah, he's got. I'm punching up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that tastes like traffic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you like this episode and you know someone else who would please take a moment right now to share it with them. If you're listening on the podcast app on your iPhone, just look in the lower right corner. There's three dots. Tap that, then share episode. You can also tap the cartoon image of Harrison and me in the app, and then you'll see the show notes with some sharing links for Twitter and Facebook. Okay, back to the show. Come on. Let's talk about sex. This next clip is by Hannibal Burris from his 2012 album, Animal Furnace. The bit is called Bomb Water. I was at the airport. There was this kid, four or five years old, walking with his mom. He fixed his fingers in a fake gun and then took a shot at me. Now I'm looking at the wall to see if there's something on the wall he could have been shooting at because I'm in denial. I look back at him. He looks me in my eyes and takes two more shots. Now I'm hit three times. That was an act of aggression. I have to defend myself. I'm a man before anything. I will point blank fake shoot this kid right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, die, bitch, little kid, die. What now? Now what? What are you looking at, Mom? Control your kids. Shit like this won't happen in the airport. Everybody's getting fake shot. What's everybody else looking at? It's got nothing to do with you. Airlines later, get down right now. I shoot up you and your bankrupt ass company. <laughs> My other airport nemesis is airport security. I don't like them at all. They seem so dedicated to keeping bottled water out of the sky. <laughs> That's the main thing. It's probably easier to get cocaine on the plane than a bottle of water. Probably the only way you couldn't get cocaine on the plane if they looked at it and said, what is this, powdered water? (laughs) (laughs) Host cocaine, go right ahead, enjoy your flight. Because a terrorist tried a liquid bomb thing, now nobody can bring liquids on a plane. One person messed it up for everybody. But I feel like that's being reactive instead of proactive because terrorists are always trying new stuff. So next time it's going to be some type of Snickers bomb. Now when that happens, you can't bring full-size Snickers on the plane anymore. You can only bring miniature Snickers because one person messed it up for everybody. Now you have security trying to negotiate your Snickers situation. <laughs> hey, is it all right if I bring four miniature Snickers? That's about the same size as a full-size Snickers security system. Don't play with me. This is not a game. You got to save the world one Snickers bar at a time for you. Freedom in America! I'm just hungry. Stop yelling at me. You can't bring the bottle of water, sir. Why not? It's not bomb water. What if I sip the water to show you that it's not bomb water? Well, what if it's sippable bomb water? That's what I'm saying. It's sippable bomb water. You being silly right now, man. That's what I'm saying. It's bomb water. One day they stopped me for a screening, but the only screening they did, they rubbed the cloth on my hands, and then they went and tested it, came back, and said, all right, you're good. 
Okay, cool. Good thing I didn't have bomb juice on my hands. Got, got the bomb juice test. What if I did have bomb juice on my hands? What if one of my friends, hey Hannibal, before you go to the airport, you want to hold a bomb real quick? <laughs> and I say, you know what? I never held a bomb before. I'm open a new experience. Let me. Pretty cool, thanks, man. That's that was an cool. act out. Yeah. <laughs> I get Remember to the airport, listeners? they test my hands. They say you have bomb juice on your hands. Is there anything you'd like to tell us? Yeah, one of my friends, he got a bunch of bombs, <laughs> and he said, "You want to hold a bomb real quick before you go to the airport?" And I never held a bomb before, so I thought it'd be something cool to do. I made sure not to bring the bomb with me because I know y'all hate that. <laughs> So I want to just hold a bomb real quick. I think you need to chill out and stop being jealous because I got all types of friends. Some of my friends own bombs and if you hold them, you need to open up your social circle and meet some new people. <laughs> I hate when they try to make conversation with me. Are you going to New York for business or pleasure? I'm going to New York to talk about you in front of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, oh, uh, so good. I don't want my glasses in my driver's license photo, so one guy goes, can you take your glasses off? Yeah, 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 sure, Captain America. It's still me. <laughs> Who are you catching like this? Are you seriously finding terrorists that only use glasses in disguise? <laughs> and you, the TSA agent, are cracking those cases? Can you take your glasses off? Damn it, no! how they find me? <laughs> 10 years, this disguise was foolproof. I like the simplicity of it. I think I needed a fake nose and mustache to go with it. Ah! Yeah, dude, it's still me, man. You want me to put the shirt on that I had on my license photo? I, was on? <laughs> I don't have that shirt anymore. All right. That was so good. I love that bit. That's great. Why'd you pick it? Oh, glad you asked, Harrison. Yeah. I picked it because in terms of the theme... He is reinterpreting all of the safety measures that we take for granted mm -hmm. as we all find them irritating. Sure. But we yeah. take it for granted. Like, yeah, we guess we kind of got to do this. This makes sense. And he's showing it to really not make much sense at all. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and that it's key. He's, he's flipping it. He says, this, this, this is what we do to keep you safe. And he's like, I don't see, I don't, I don't actually see this as keeping us safe um, because this is what they would do. Uh, you don't know what terrorists are going to do next. And I love how he flips yeah. this thing that we all accept as normal operating procedure and shows it to be 100% abnormal and not effective at all. Mm -hmm. And frivolous. Yeah, 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 100% frivolous. And goes through and, he, and step by step sort of takes it apart by showing that absurd counter example. Yeah. But before he even gets there, he starts off with another reinterpretation, which is just when you fake shoot with your fingers. Right. Right. And yeah. it's just this kid that fake shoots him. And he, he, he reinterprets that as an actual act of aggression. Right. <laughs> In an airport. And he shows this benign thing to be this major violation. Yeah. He's, of course, obviously kidding. But it's fun for a moment to completely reinterpret it as... Mm -hmm. Uh, as like a dangerous. terrorist attack. Yeah, yeah. Basically terrorist attack. At local yeah, level. yeah. I actually really wanted him after he says like after he's like I'm in denial. I don't want to. You know, 
I don't want to think that he's shooting at me. I wanted the kid to be like a little bit more aggressive, like him to point at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, nod and shoot, shoot again. Um, but yeah, no, I loved, I loved that bit. And also because he, he, he takes it like this, the silly thing and then takes it to like a real violent, aggressive thing. But then he goes into like an actual play violence breakdown where he's like, wants to shoot everybody. He's like going postal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, right yeah. Right. So I like, that was a great, uh, a great heightening. Hello, improvisers. <laughs> <laughs> and the fun of that is we have been taught that the airport and all of its security measures are a very serious thing and that there are no jokes and you need to take it seriously. Because if you don't, it can be a real, at the very least, a very big hassle on your day. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he shows a little kid not taking it seriously and how much fun it is for us to, for a moment to be like, I wish I could take it not seriously yeah. Right. too. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just love, I love that reinterpretation of the, mm-hmm. of, of something so small. Yeah. So small. Yeah. yeah. The child. Uh-huh. Yes. The, the child, that of this tiny, small. tiny child. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and then we get to bomb water. <laughs> right. Bomb water is the best. <laughs> it's so great how it would be easier to smuggle cocaine on the plane. <laughs> Powdered yeah. water. What is this? Powdered water? It's <laughs> so funny. That is one of the best thorough breakdowns of uh, the monotony that goes into TSA security. That doesn't even help us. Uh He mentions, he was like, they're going to change up the game anyway, like the terrorists. So what you're like stopping is something that worked once that they're going to stop doing. Right. So he even has like a good safety angle. (laughs) Like he actually, and the like thing about it being reactive, not proactive. Yeah. So it's like, it's funny because it's one of the, like I'm laughing so hard at it every time, but all his points are so right on about like it's like a good critique of the TSA and their mm-hmm. policy. Mm-hmm. I find it super fucking fascinating. Yeah, yeah. This is not a game. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, make you safe one Snickers bar at a time <laughs> for America. Yeah, <laughs> and Hannibal's so good at this. He has these wonderful turns of phrase where it's it's just it's just odd enough, but it describes it perfectly. Like you have to negotiate your Snickers situation. Right. There's something about the way he's saying that that is. Um, um, if you just said, I have to argue about this candy bar, that's not funny. Right. But negotiate your snicker situation is, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's hysterical. I can't yeah. even really put my finger on why. His word choice is fantastic. Unless, yeah. It, like, and also here. he just, he Hannibal has like a specific cadence to him. Oh yeah. That, that kind of, you know, uh, yeah, the rhythm. Ex- exemplifies or, or, uh, you know, it, it just, uh, kind of contrasts. Uh, the ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. There's like a playfulness to the way that he speaks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I almost like, uh, uh, I find Hannibal a, a little bit confusing. Um, I'm not, I'm yeah. not quite sure what's going on uh, with how he does stand up because I put him in the same category a little bit as uh, Nate Bargatze. Uh, I would describe, that's exactly how I describe Nate. It's like, I don't, under, I don't, it's hilarious. I don't exactly understand what yeah. you do. Yeah. I want to do I want to do an entire episode so, on Nate Bargatze trying to figure out what he's doing. Yeah, and I think Hannibal is an example of someone that just talks. Sure, and he's funny, and what yeah. he has to say is funny. Yeah, well, with his playfulness, he also has that cadence of kind of like he's 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 like hammering home a, a, something that's frustrating to him, or like is like he has conviction mm-hmm. and playfulness at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's is a way to put it. Yeah, that's that's kind of what's like beautiful about his cadence. Yeah, yeah. I and also there's a feeling of. He lulls you into thinking he's done. 
mm-hmm. and he's yeah. not. And then you then you think he's done again, and he's not. Right. Yeah. I, I, if I could, I, that's the best way I can come up with to describe it because he's, it's <laughs> like you think the joke is over, yeah, at, but it's like he hasn't even finished his sentence, yeah. And so there's almost there's a surprise to that rhythm, and then he has this, and his joke. The next joke might just be a very quick judgmental thing he says, like, um, you know, get right down now, get down right now and you're with your bankrupt ass company. Like there's right. a joke right in there about mm. about um, American Airlines or whichever. I think it was American Airlines uh, being right. bankrupt. It's, it's, it's really fast. And you think he's done it. There's a joke right in there, but it's, it's not even it's not joke structure. It's mm-hmm. just. Yeah, it's more of a, a nod or a reference. I wouldn't even well, call it a joke. Okay, fine. Not a, it's not it's not a joke per se, but it's a but jokes can be just references to something and sure, people yeah. laugh with recognition. Sure. So, uh yes. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yes, I'm wrong. You're uh, wrong. I couldn't agree more on wrong, on being wrong. Uh <laughs> sweet. Anything else on this bit? It was funny. I liked it cuz he talks funny and he's black. Is that good? <laughs> Yeah, that's um, uh, in the going to. You can find that in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> that's our poll quote. Actually, it'll be the, the title of the episode. I he liked talks it. Funny and he he's talks black. funny and he's black. Can you edit all everything I say on this podcast? Just edit out everything else I said and repeat that clip of me saying that. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I ultimately have uh, final say on this. Um, so yes, absolutely. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about sex. This next clip is called Abducted. It's by Dane Cook, and it's from his 2005 album, Retaliation. One thing that I've always wanted to do ever since I was little, I've always wanted to be abducted by a UFO. Yeah, sometimes I just go hang out in the woods. I'm just waiting for that blue light. That's how they suck you up by a beam of light. They suck you up by your chest. And that's not necessary. Throw a rope ladder down. I'll climb up. I'm interested. I'm here for you. Don't suck me up by my chest. That hurts. You're a hovering craft. Why wouldn't I come in and poke around for a minute? It'd be great to be abducted. What'd you guys do this weekend? Dude, we got hammered. It was awesome. Oh, yeah? I was abducted. I was zipping around the galaxy. Sometimes when I think about if UFOs come down, I get a little concerned because then I've thought of this scenario. This would be the ultimate full circle slap in the face of the United States. What if this happens? Because, look, we're the greatest country on Earth, but we get a little cocky from time to time. If we don't like the way your country is doing its business, we'll kick the door in. Hey, hey, knock it off. You're bugging the world. Cut it out. And if you don't listen to us, then we'll throw all kinds of weapons and crazy shit at you, which we always apologize about using 20 or 30 years later. Listen, we're really sorry about that. We were a little drunk at the time, and we got a little rambunctious. The bomb, we didn't know it was going to do that. We thought it was a contained blast, and we didn't know it would make everything blown to smithereens. And you were being kind of a bitch. Country, country, you are being kind of a bitch. Are we cool now? Do you mind if we leave like three, four thousand troops and maybe some supplies here? You don't mind that, do you? Do you mind? You wouldn't want us to get drunk again, would you? High five us, photo ops. Oddly political bit. We We get a little cocky. What if this happens? Oh my God, what if this happens? What if the mothership, boom. 
comes over middle America and we're all sitting watching TV. All the news crews are focused in and we're sitting there watching, right? What if when the hatches finally open, out of the UFOs come thousands of 100-foot Native American Indians? <laughs> We're going to be watching like, fuck, those are huge Indians. Please tell me they're not giant Indians. Ah, damn it, they're huge Indians. All right, good game, America. We had some fun. Huh? Giant Indians. We did some shit. Ah. Could you show us how to make giant corn? Oh, man. Oh, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Isn't that, I love that. I just like, um, tell us about it. it. Yeah. Tell us. Since why did you pick it? Ask me. Why did you pick it? <laughs> I like that. I'm part I, of it. I like, <laughs> I think, I think the part that I, the reason I picked it is the beginning. I just like taking something that people are like scared of and just like, like, no, I want to like fully immerse in it, mm. you know, because that happens in movies where it's like, you're, drawn in by something like it, like it, the movie it the kid goes down and like gets the balloon or whatever or the ball from the clown and you're like what are you doing but he's like but i like that he's like articulating like no like consciously i do want to see some scary shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like and i like the just like the rope ladder part like it's like yeah. you don't need to do that like i'm gonna come up there regardless <laughs> like uh and it's just like you're a hovering craft why wouldn't i want to poke around for a bit <laughs> i just love like there's like an enthusiasm to it mm -hmm. that um <laughs> really dan coke was enthusiastic <laughs> in <a bit. laughs> there's sound effects he's not used uh, to it um but i just i just love it um sucked you up by your by your chest send out a rope ladder you don't need to <laughs> yeah you don't need to do that it's not really a social commentary at all obviously i mean there is a social commentary aspect but the first two clips we played were kind of social commentaries or um no well i guess that Yours wasn't the TJ yeah. one, but the last one we did, which was very in depth, was like like this sure. is um, flipping perspective on the TSA. Something we all experience. Yeah, and this is like a lighter flipping, way of doing yeah, it's that. Flipping perspective on something um, very few have experienced. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, 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 very few. No, there's the New Mexicans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, that's why I like. I just really like the um, reversal of um, right. He takes something that is typically shown to be scary as something you would want to avoid, mm -hmm. something that traumatizes people for the rest of their lives, assuming it's true. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and flips that trope on its yeah. head as, uh, let's go. This sounds yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And his, his like, um, him, his embracing it is so, so well, um, kind of, tipped off by his by his excitedness and his enthusiasm like it's a bit that works so much better because it's dane cook yeah. um mm -hmm. because he's like he has this like childish glee to, to him mm -hmm. right um uh yeah that's it's a it's a great flip i i remember first hearing this i i loved it i i, I sat yeah. there and i resonated with it too i was like yeah yeah, yeah that would be awesome i do want to go on a spell <laughs> okay all right there's some uh, there's something about the first thing he says that makes me laugh so i don't know what it is when he's like sometimes i just go out and hang out in I the hang woods. out in the woods <laughs> like, well, he's, a grand, he's a grand master i think of hitting his consonants like with a yeah hammer. yes uh he, and it's a big deal 
uh, hard plosive consonants make people laugh way harder. Yeah, yeah. he really is like emphatic with his enunciation. It's yeah. really cool. You can even hear it in his bit about uh, the saying fuck. He like he like basically highlights the way that he yeah. speaks. Yeah. Where he goes through each part of the sound of fuck and he hits all of them so hard. You're like, oh, this is how you speak all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also does that in like when he says a badass motherfucker, a bamf, and he's like a bamf. Like yeah. he just like really sticks it. He just has a very enthusiastic way of doing stand up. I like how he he has a few different pieces to this. He, he again reinterprets this instead of complaining to his friends or telling his friends about this traumatic experience. Now he's bragging yeah, about yeah. what he was doing instead. Yeah. And I love that reinterpretation. Like Me again, too. traumatic event instead, uh, big, awesome thing. None of you got to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. Uh, let's take this, the second part of it too, uh, mm-hmm. which is that, that part about, um, I think he does, this is such a great bit because, yeah, so. uh, he goes off, uh, he takes a little detour. Yeah. yeah. And it's a political detour. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, because I, I, didn't, I didn't know this bit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I didn't really know. I haven't heard Dane Cook do much political stuff or, or much social know. commentary. Uh, so it was interesting because um, in terms of like energy and performance and stuff, when I think of somebody like completely pandering to a crowd, I think of this Carlos Mencia bit where he talks about how America is the greatest country in the world, oh, blah, 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 that so that he could talk about how good we bomb people. Yeah. Um, and it kind of sounded like he was doing that in the beginning. And then I realized that he's doing, he's well, baiting you. He's, he's not, he's baiting you. He's, 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 he's allowing them to listen to him uh-huh. without the criticism of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So yeah. mm-hmm. he does start off a little bit like that so he can justify how much we are assholes. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's not going to turn off the crowd. Right. And I thought that was a really, I was like, oh, this is a comics technique. Not, yeah. but I thought for a second, I was like, oh, he's going into to, to shitty territory. When I heard this back in 2005, because I, I, I was right along on the Dane train, man. I really loved it when all that stuff was yeah. coming out. Yeah. Uh, and um, I remember hearing that. And I, at the time, it was in the height of the second Iraq war, since we are talking about Iraq wars <laughs> on this podcast right. for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and I remember hearing that part. I can remember feeling that like, oh my God, are we really going to just have our flags flapping in our ears right now? Right. Is, that, is that what we're going to do? And then he didn't. Yeah. yeah. It was this whole thing of America's sort of like your cocky drunk friend. Yeah. It, it, it's such a playful um, easy to digest analogy yeah. of yeah. what of how America was behaving. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's it's almost like he slides it he he slides it under the radar. Yeah, yeah going, it was smooth. It was yeah. very very good. And and it's not a technique that you normally see from Dink no. because he's no. so in your face with the comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. And he he does something that I really love. Um, in just a general technique, uh, he. His word choice is all these plosive sounds. He's really, it's not a door, it's a hatch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time he has anything that might have a small amount of, of movement or sound to it, there comes the quick sound effect. Yeah. A super fast act out. Boom. Now you're, you're in, you're, he completes that picture in your mind that creates that imagery. It, it just, it's like, it, and then... <laughs> Ah, oh, fuck! It's hundred foot Native American Indian. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, and it's so it's so gentle about this really horrific thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's super gentle. Uh, I'm, I'm, and uh, it's very A to C. 
which you like in that like it's like technique number seven yeah (laughs) it's just like he's jumping from like okay i just shat on the way our country handles itself and it's like he didn't discuss like native american genocide at it 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 almost sounds like a callback Mm -hmm. the way he like hits that 100 uh or thousands of 100 foot native american indians Mm -hmm. the way he hits that is kind of like i don't know it just it's a pretty specific clever like historically accurate um like well-versed punchline that you don't see coming at all right and actually what we were talking about before about like when you have to teach a concept to a crowd now that joke would never work if people weren't uh, weren't familiar in our history that we completely caused <laughs> genocide to the native americans mm-hmm. yeah so because that's universal knowledge that wor- that bit works great but if you had to teach them in that that joke would never work yeah. right Right. I also, also, what I think a lot of people, do, I, I grew up in Montana, like like really close to the reservations, mm-hmm. and they're not a hundred feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to slaughter I, many. Yeah. So. Uh, so I mean, I I definitely you um, knew that that was I that knew was that exaggeration. That was, yeah, he was exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. <laughs> good yeah. You got yeah, you got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you had to teach that to people, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But yeah, I just love that bit. Also, I, 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 there's another technique he's employing here that I love. Um, and we talked about it on the Dave Colombo episode about silliness, which mm-hmm. is that um, if you're going to handle something super serious, which the genocide of the Native American Indians by the American government over a long period of time is relatively serious. Yes. If yeah. you're going to do that, you got to make it silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or that's one of the ways that you can get there. Yeah. Well, I think j- silly will actually be the funniest Right. To juxtapose with. But if you're going to do it, you have to find a way to justify making it silly. Right. And he's he's done that. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, Can I tell you a bit, a newer bit that I have that tangentially relates to this? Yeah. I'm totally fine with your tangents. Uh, uh, Harrison's, on the other hand. (laughs) 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 Yeah, absolutely. My my new bit is about how homosexuality is way more socially acceptable than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't feel like I hear about alien abductions as much anymore as I used to. And I think that they're related. <laughs> like I feel like 15 years ago, you find your buddy naked in the woods. And what you didn't know was there was like another naked dude hiding behind a tree. Like, what happened, man? He's like, uh, aliens took me. Uh, <laughs> they did an anal probe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, aliens put that in my butt too. <laughs> and then, but now you could just be like, you know, come on out, Jack. Yeah, we're gay. Deal with it. It's great. That is a fucking great joke. Uh, that's fantastic. Oh my God. That's so funny. It's been doing all right. I bet. It should be killing, dude. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. It's, it's coming along. I love when, when I hear a comic like I, just put two things together that are so... Spe- like, what What did... I, hate, I up- hated it. It was horrible. And they just, they just wouldn't stop putting stuff in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just... I don't know what they were looking for, but they wouldn't stop probing. <laughs> yeah, and it's all these really repressed Christian areas yeah, yeah. that are doing... Oh, my God. There's a, man, that's really... How did yeah. you think of that? Like, what made you think uh, of that? I was watching the Stan Romanek story on Netflix. Um, Who's that? Uh, it's you'd, you'd have to watch it. It's, it's a gay it's alien. Interesting. Who ducks gay gay men. It, that, <laughs> that documentary will make you go, Oh, this is like really interesting. I almost like, wow. Wow. And then, Oh, this is a, uh, like a, uh, this is a fake. This is a hoax. Oh, okay. so, that's okay. bullcrap. And then, but you have to keep watching. You have to power through. Once you see the clip that makes you think that you have to power through until the end. <laughs> 
Okay. okay. Uh, and I won't say any more than that, but I was going like, Oh, because I- it's worth it or because you just have OCD with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's like it. So that's, I, I was like thinking about like, and then there was a, a bunch of other UFO and I was like, why am I, I used to he- see UFO documentaries all the time. And then they started interviewing this guy, Stan, and I was like, oh, he's a little effeminate and stuff like that. And then I made the... Gotcha. And That's I was so like, cool. wouldn't it be funny if... Uh-huh. Yeah, that uh-huh. is fucking awesome. Awesome. Come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's do an outro. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, America. Just a shotgun blast. All right. So a huge <laughs> thanks to our guest, Brett Druck. Thank you, man. Thank me. I just did. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, I was also trying to thank myself. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, Brett Druck, please thank you. Thank me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, thank you guys for having me. It was a blast. Brett is going on tour in late January, starting in Fresno, California. That's on January 24th. And he's going to Sacramento for the 25th through the 28th. And he's going to be posting his full tour itinerary on his website very soon. That website is brettdruck.com. You'll see all that stuff in the show notes, of course. Better yet, follow Brett Druck. Yeah. That is at Brett Druck on Twitter, on Instagram. And then it's just, of course, Facebook forward slash Brett Druck. Brett, anything you want to say about that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I try to post regularly. I'm not in my my window of of intense social media work. I've really taken a break from it because I was addicted. Ran out of pillows or something. I don't know. Yeah. How, yeah. <laughs> Got hot in there. Um, call hotel management. Um, I uh, Yeah, so just, I, I'll, I post kind of regularly. I'll definitely be posting my tour schedule once I have it all uh, laid out and, and uh, infographics. Um, <laughs> and stuff. So but, I happen uh, to be very good at infographics. So just let me know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if you want to, yeah, you can go scan all of my stuff uh, for uh, when I was posting all the time. I had I have some some funny jokes. It's in there. really good. It's totally worth it. Laugh out loud stuff. Funny. I I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Uh, just. What? Yeah, just just Harrison's butt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're like, but you have to be dressed as an alien. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if you want to find out more about our guests, please head over to letstalkaboutsets.com. You can check out the show notes where we have all kinds of links, and we also have lots more episodes organized, both by the theme or the comedy, both by theme and the comedy. Both by the theme. <laughs> God damn it. Keep it in. Both oh, by zip. theme. Both by theme. <laughs> oh my, stop it. This is eight times. Both by theme and the comedians discussed. You can get our episodes automatically every other week by subscribing to the podcast. Do it now on Apple Podcasts. Do it now. Or however else you get your fix. <laughs> Special thanks to T.J. Miller's virtuosity, Hannibal Burris's unique perspective, and Dane Cook's early albums. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, a huge, big, warm, wet thanks to Salt and Peppa for not suing us quite yet, or maybe even never suing us for the fair use of their song. Which is pretty, I, I think most people would need to actually do yeah. Thanks a lot. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets.